the bleeding has finally stopped after the longest two seasons, not even full two seasons. Chad Morris has been released of his duties as the Razorbacks head coach. For those that have not heard that you might be stuck under a rock and it had to be done. I knew 100% after that San Jose State game. I went on Facebook Live. I said that's the beginning of the end. I knew 100% sure that was the end of his tenure. I didn't know if it was going to be during the season. I didn't know if it was going to be after the (coughs) the season. I just knew that that was the beginning of the end, and the end was going to be sometime no later than maybe even next season just based on the contract stipulations and the buyouts, which Hunter Juracek seems to be trying to work out. Based on what he said in his press conference with new interim coach Barry Lunny, they're going to honor what they had already contractually agreed to with Chad, but that still remains to be seen, especially depending on all this stuff that goes on with Brett Bielema and that case that's probably going to end up going to court. But the fact of the matter is, Razorback fans can just breathe. And they can know that this complete disaster of a hire. And yes, I know. I I supported it. I was behind it, especially once he started recruiting really well. But we know that it's over. And we can move forward. Today, we saw the best press conference in terms of just a breath of fresh air that we've seen in I really don't even know how long. We saw an athletic director and an interim coach not bounce around questions, not tell us all these just tireless slogans over and over again. They were asked a question, and they answered it as fully as they possibly could, both Lunny and Juracek. Something else I saw with Coach Lunny today. So I'm I'm not going to – talk about my picks for the next head coach right now. Uh, we're going to have Curtis Wilkerson uh, to talk some basketball on here in uh, segment two. So we originally were going to have him on just to talk basketball only, but now, of course, that this happened, I'm going to get his take on it as well. But I, I want to just kind of – I want to prop up Coach Lunny right now. Now, I'm going to go ahead and say they cannot afford a swing and a miss on this one. This, the board of trustees has to, and 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 Yurichek, all these guys they have to get a grand slam hire. I know that we get so tired of hearing that grand slam grand slam hire. We hear so often every single time there's there's a new coaching search, but they have to after the Bielema debacle and after the the quick hire of Chad Morris. They must score on this one. They can't afford a strike three. And a lot of people I've seen put this they're putting this solely at the at the feet of, of Julie Cromer Peoples. I, I don't I don't put it on her. I really don't. I think really at the end of the day, I, I think that she is gonna do a good job at Ohio where she is now, Ohio University. But at the end of the day, she was really just kind of taking orders. I I'm personally on the train that Jerry Jones had a big part to do with this. The writing's on the wall for that. That's pretty much just a conspiracy that he was one of the main proponents of that, but I'm definitely on board with it. I think that I think that Chad just just was in over his head from the beginning, and myself and many others refused to look at the red flags. Steve Sullivan of Channel Seven did a really good article about that, just looking over some of the red flags, whether it be 
Chad talking about at SEC Media Days this past summer, how he kept reiterating over and over again that he has all these, he has over 50 freshmen, basically telling us, be patient, it's going to be a long season. Whether it be admitting that his locker room was fragile, whether it be saying, I'm just a high school coach, because that's really at the end of the day what he is. I get it. He's, he's proven himself as an offensive coordinator. I just really question at this point, there's so many questions that I have, but one of the main ones that I have is how did he even rebuild at SMU? He, he did a pretty good job there. When you can say, I understand SMU's having a really good year this year, but ever since the death penalty in the late 80s, I think they had had like maybe one or two seasons before Chad had got there. One or two winning seasons, if I'm not mistaken. I know they went, I know they had just gone to a bowl game one time in like 2008 or something like that. But he did a pretty good job. Went from two wins to five to seven, and then ended up coming to Arkansas. But it was just a disaster from the get-go. And I think that Coach Lunny is the the guy, the perfect guy for this job, for this interim job. What have we talked about really all – what has so many talked about this entire year? You need a coach, first and foremost, that is passionate about the state of Arkansas. Now, I don't buy into the whole fiasco that – you must be a, an Arkansan. You must be an Arkansas guy. Frank Borles was from Georgia. Played, I believe he was from Georgia. I know he played at Georgia Tech under Bobby Dodd, the legendary Bobby Dodd. Spent a year or so at Mizzou. At Mizzou then came to Arkansas. He became an Arkansan. David Basil, one of the greatest ambassadors to the state of Arkansas. That guy markets that state more than just about anybody I can think of. He is from Florida, came and played for the Razorbacks in the late 70s, early 80s, and he became an Arkansan. So I don't necessarily buy into the fact that you must be from the state in order to succeed as a coach or an athletic director, what have you. I just don't buy that. But Coach Lunny gets it, and you could see that in the press conference today. I met Coach Lunny about three years ago. Had got to have about a 15, 20-minute conversation with him. And he's just a he's just a good guy. He's very personable. He he's very professional. I, I I went to college and I'm good friends with some guys that that played with him and high played for him in high school at, at Bentonville when they were winning state championships. He had he was an assistant under his dad, who is Barry Lunny Senior, who is a legendary coach in the state of Arkansas. Won four state championships at Fort Smith Southside, another four at Bentonville High. Barry Lunny's very seniors, I guess, father, juniors, grandfather, John, played for the Razorbacks in the late 40s. So this is a family that gets it. And on top of that, he played for the Razorbacks when they had endured a very similar situation to what we're enduring now. As he said in his press conference, in the 1992 season when they lost to the Citadel, Jack Crow got fired, Joe Kynes take, takes over. It was a very – now, granted, that was at the beginning of the situ, uh, beginning of the season as opposed to closer to the end. But this is a guy that understands exactly what these players and what these recruits are feeling. The confusion and the sadness, whatever emotion they might be feeling, this guy gets it. And everything that he has done at the university – there's a reason why he's been on staff since 2013. Everything that he has done, he's pretty much been successful at. When Brett Bielema got hired, 
2013 or the end of 2012 before the 2013 season, he brought Lunny on his staff to be the tight ends coach. He's coached Hunter Henry, Mackey Award winner, one of the top tight ends in the NFL now. A.J. Derby got drafted. I don't know if he's still on an NFL team, but he was on an NFL team for about three or four years on a, on a 53-man roster with the Broncos, the Patriots, the Dolphins. Jeremy Sprinkle, drafted, plays a good bet for the Redskins. C.J. O'Grady, you can say what you want about him, but that guy's probably the most talented tight end that Barry Lunny's ever had, even though we didn't see him on the field as much as we should have. Just scored Hudson Henry, the top tight end in the country from the 2019 class. So this guy has had the, I would say along with running back, maybe even more so, since 2013, since he's been on staff, his group has been the most consistent. So he's done his job there. He's done a good job on the recruiting trail, especially within the state of Arkansas, getting guys from there. But one other thing that I really want to look at is he, so he had previous college coaching experience uh, after he had played baseball, after his college career concluded, I believe he played with the Minnesota Twins in their system for a year or two, was a graduate assistant at, at Arkansas, coached under Fitzhill, uh, was, I think mean, he coached just about every position except for maybe offensive line during his tenure, and a two to three year tenure at uh, at San Jose State under Fitzhill, was a co-offensive coordinator. So this guy's coached quarterbacks, he's coached receivers, coached tight ends, but I think the best job that he's done along with Coach Daniel DePrado, that was recently promoted from special teams analyst to special teams coordinator since all the, the coaching changes have occurred, the couple of coaching changes that have occurred. Those two guys have really done an amazing job. Now, out excluding the fake punt that was just a disaster against Auburn, the turnaround that they have done on special teams has been phenomenal. So far this season with two games left, they have not allowed a special teams touchdown, which I think by this point last year they had had three or four, I believe three, one maybe one punt and two kickoff. And Connor Limpert is once again a semifinalist for the Lou Groza Award. Punting has been, eh, it's been okay. But overall, they have done a phenomenal job at turning that around. So basically what I'm getting at is everything – that Barry Lunny has been asked to do, he has succeeded at, especially considering the fact that in eight seasons you've had in, – in eight years you've had three winning seasons. So I think that really says a lot. And I'm glad that he's the guy for this job now. Again, as I was saying earlier, I'm not necessi- – I think that they have to get a sitting head coach that has proven himself. But I definitely think, especially – depending on how the rest of this season goes. We only got two games left. You got the bye week and then two games left. I think that that you definitely need to give Barry a look. He's proven himself in a lot of other regards, but don't count him out. I'm going to release an article later this week, and and I'll uh, probably talk a little bit more about that. But I just wanted to kind of give my opinions off off this so far. A lot of it is stuff that you've already heard, and uh, but – I think this this whole Lunny thing is a, is very interesting. I tweeted out last night, "What if things go well? You're not you're not going to upset LSU, but what if you go in there and you stay competitive with them, 14 to 20 points or so, and then you end up upsetting Mizzou?" And I got a lot of backlash for it, but I also started to see today people start tweeting about, "Well, maybe he should be the guy full time." You can't get too caught up and be a sheep because of because of a press conference. 
But I think that I think that he is really gonna. And I hate to use the word spark because that's one of Chad's. That's one of Chad's words. But I think that he's really going to light a fire under this team, and we're gonna see effort. That's all we want to see at the end of the day. We're gonna take a quick break, real quick, and we'll have Curtis Wilkerson on to discuss the the uh, Chad Morris firing and also talk about uh, basketball, their matchup that they have coming up with North North Texas and also the first victory that they had had of the season against Rice. So we'll be back in one sec. Stay with us. We're back with Tex Hogs, and we are joined by Curtis Wilkerson. He is a scout and contributor for Prep Hoops Missouri and also a contributor as a writer for Busting Brackets. And, Curtis, when I originally had asked you to come on, I wanted to do a full basketball segment, but that was also before the coaching change, which we had, of course, discussed in segment one. So were you shocked? I know that, especially with how the last two weeks have gone, you really even look back to Auburn and Alabama as well. But were you shocked that Juracek went ahead and pulled the trigger and, and let Chad go? Well, uh, yes and no, to be honest with you. I mean, Alabama and Auburn, that's that's one thing. Okay, Obviously, you want to be able to compete, but uh, they're, they're kind of in different places as a program than we are. Coming into this game, uh, I did not expect Chad to get fired, but just the way that it all went down. Uh, kind of a perfect storm for him with Ty Story coming in and, and doing the things that he did and just the way the game went, obviously it was a, a blowout. It seems like maybe the guys or, or some of them at least had kind of quit on him. And when you reach that point, a, a move has to be made. And, and I don't guess there was any reason in prolonging the inevitable. So I, I think Hunter Juracek really wasn't left with much of a choice. So Barry talked about today in his, his weird feels weird calling him Barry. I've always called him Coach Lonnie, but he talked about in his press conference today that he knew he knows exactly this situation, almost pretty much identical. Of course, in '92 they lose to the Citadel when he was a freshman quarterback. They had no idea who the coach was going to be. Of course, it ended up being Joe Kynes as the interim. Do you think that he is probably the perfect guy on this staff, just based on not just his Arkansas ties, but since he has endured a situation like this before, of course, after they lose to the Citadel, they go on the road and beat number four Tennessee in the next game, and here they are going to play a night game at LSU, the number one team in the country. Now, I don't think that really anybody's given them a whole lot of hope, but considering where this team is, just the state of the program, do you think he's probably the best guy on the staff to take over? Oh, there's no doubt about it. I couldn't think of a better fit uh, for this type of situation. Not many people go through that. Um, and, you know, the experiences that he took from it are going to be invaluable. And a lot of the things that he said, you know, really, really hit home. Uh, talking about being able to possibly breathe some life back into some of these players who uh, obviously they're struggling with this, too. And, and whether they uh, supported fully what the coaching staff had going on or not. Uh, this is a tough time for them, and I, I think he's the perfect guy to be able to speak from experience. He's respected in the locker room. I, I think uh, you know he's probably going to do about as good of a job as anyone could do, given the circumstance. One of the things that Juracek said today is he was asked the question, I believe it was by maybe Trey Biddy. I can't remember who asked it, but they had said, are you going to target a, a sitting head coach right now or like maybe in the power five? 
will you still consider a group of five or FCS or maybe even coordinators? Do you think that considering the fact that the whole, the way the Bielema situation turned out, the fact that they struck out on Chad completely, do you think they have to go after a successful proven head coach at this point? Or do you think that they should still consider everything as your check said? Well, that's a good question. I, I do not envy the position that he's in uh, trying to figure out what the best move is going to be here. Uh, you know, if it was me, I, I would be looking for someone that has that that proven track record of success. I I think if you're really going to impress and satisfy the fan base, if, if, if you want to think about being able to keep the guys that you currently have in the program that you want to build a foundation around um, and salvage some form of a recruiting class, you know, going into next year, uh, the name factor there could be very important. So, you know, I, I think that they should go after a proven name. Um, and, and I don't, I don't know who that might be, but, uh, at the end of the day, it's gotta be the right fit. And, you know, when he had to go through the process of replacing Mike Anderson a few months ago, uh, a lot of names were thrown out there and eventually he settled on Eric Musselman and that might not have been the sexiest or the most big time name out there, but it seems like it might be, uh, at least all indications right now are showing that it, it could be a perfect fit. Uh, so I trust him to find the right guy. So we're talking with Curtis Wilkerson uh, from Prep Hoops Missouri and Busting Brackets. So now we'll go into uh, we'll go into some basketball content here and interesting matchup tomorrow because you th- you think about or well we're recording on a Monday so they'll be playing on a Tuesday and so they got a matchup with North Texas and this North Texas team is kind of sneaky good. I mean they they kept up with with Virginia Commonwealth. I'm not exactly sure how VCU is this year, um, but then you you look at the Razorbacks in their first game. Of course, they, they beat Rice 91 to 43, and it looked like Rice just wasn't a good team at all. Well, then they beat Penn 80 to 61, who lost to Alabama in Tuscaloosa. So, really, just a lot of kind of early season controversy with this. You, you're not really exactly sure what you're going to get. Do you think that we're going to see more of, I guess Reggie Cheney's still going to be out. Do you think that we're going to see a lot of things that we saw against Rice, like where maybe Isaiah Joe and, and, and Mason Jones take just completely take over the game, and we're going to have to maybe live and, buy, live and die by the three, which, of course, in last game, we saw them drive. We saw a lot of guards drive the paint. We know that, like, Desi Sills can do that. But do you feel that our inside game will be – that Muss will find a way to be effective being so small, or are we going to have to really live and die by the three and just shoot from the perimeter a lot? Well, I, I tell you what, Reggie Chaney is such a key to this team throughout the season. So – if they're gonna if they're gonna reach the expectation that some have placed on them of, of being a, an NCAA tournament team and we hope they are and I, I think they certainly could be in that conversation at the end of the year but they have to have him you know out out of the doghouse and in the lineup because he is the one guy uh, from just a physicality and size standpoint and and, and skill that can really get it done inside. Uh, and, and to your point, until then, I, I think they don't really have a choice but to rely on being a, a guard-heavy unit. Uh, you know, I'll say this. North Texas is a different team than Rice. I mean, obviously, they're in the same league, but but North Texas is good. They're coming off back-to-back 20-win seasons. Uh, you mentioned the VCU game. VCU is, is a ranked team, at least in the preseason polls, for whatever those are worth. Um, and they went on the road, and, and they hung with them tooth and nail there. Uh, they have size. Uh, which which scares me a little bit. Okay, they've got a big man, Zachary Simmons, 6'10", 235 pounds. He's averaging 12 and six for him. Uh, and, and when you think about not having Reggie Chaney in the lineup, 
we're going to have to do some creative things to guard that guy and keep him away from the basket. Uh, you also mentioned Isaiah Joe and Mason Jones. Listen, if, if those guys are locked in and they play like they did against Rice, it doesn't matter what North Texas does. I, I think we're going to be fine. So, uh, you know, at home, it, it's going to be a jacked up crowd. People are excited. We're on the must bus. Uh, listen, Arkansas should win this game. Don't expect another 50 point slaughter. Um, I expect it to be tight maybe early on through the first half, but I, I think they'll pull away in the second half. So you saw a lot of Adriel Bailey, of course, and the one guy I want to talk about for, as far as big men goes, especially with Reggie out is, is Ethan Henderson. He's a guy that just, he hasn't lived up to his potential that he, that was coming out of high school. He got, he played about 12 minutes, did some decent things I thought against Rice, but do you think that we might finally see him as the season goes on, finally step into that role with with Connor Vanover being ineligible? Do you think that we might see him step into that role and and be more effective uh, and finally live up to the hype? I sure hope so. Yeah, I, I think with him, just given the situation and the lack of depth in the front court, it, it's going to kind of be baptism by fire for Ethan. He's a young player, uh, a lot of a lot of potential, a high ceiling, and he's still developing. The great thing is he has a good coach to do it. Muss is great uh, with the player development. He spoke about Ethan a little bit in his press conference today, uh, just talking about the little things like giving max effort on, on every play and hustling, getting after loose balls, being a range rebounder. Listen, he doesn't have to average a double-double to have a huge impact on this team. If he can carve out a role 10 to 15 minutes a game, snatch some boards, and offer some rim protection – all things that he's capable of doing, that's going to go a long way for this team. I think he's going to wind up doing it. And the last question before we get into some recruiting. So, of course, as I mentioned, Connor Vanover is ineligible and he can appeal it, but it could be basically at the end of the season before that it actually does get before that we actually get a decision. I think it can even be as far as maybe uh, even after the season, if I if I heard correctly. But do you think it's even – I guess you want to go ahead and appeal it because you need a guy of that, that – not only that can play inside at 7-3, but also can shoot three-pointers. So have, do you know if they've – I haven't seen any reports. Have they actually appealed it yet, or do you, have you heard any updates on what they plan on doing? Well, initially, I, I think right in the aftermath that I had heard that he was going to file an appeal – uh, they did ask Muss about that this afternoon, and he seemed a little unsure about it. I know him and Connor have talked a lot about this being a developmental year. Uh, but as far as I'm concerned, I don't I don't see the problem in filing for the appeal. Hey, even if you get it, um, let's say that it happens later in the year and you sit down and you say, well, do I want to burn a year of eligibility for half a season? You don't have to play him. You can still redshirt him. So I don't see the harm in doing that. And, and honestly, uh, I hope that he does appeal it because if it gets approved, you, like you said, he just adds a different dimension to the team. Uh, 7-3, you know, with that wingspan, his ability to alter shots, protect the rim, and then you don't see many guys with that kind of size that can step out and just stroke it from three like he does. I think he makes a difference in two, three, maybe even four wins if he's on this team. So I hope he does it, and I hope we get him. Switching over to recruiting now. Right now, according to 247, uh, they have the 29th ranked class after scoring Moses Moody. Uh, chose the Hogs over Michigan and Virginia, and they've already got Devontae Davis. So right now, the, there's been uh, some people that think that they can go five for five on the in-state kids, and Chris Moore could possibly be next with all the stuff that went on at, at Memphis with the note, with the news that we had gotten last week. 
I, I believe he commits in three or four days. So what do you think that the chances are that they score him and KK Robinson, that they can get all five and, and do a complete sweep of the state? Well, yeah, it's, it, it's unbelievable that we're even in a position to where this might happen. And that, that just speaks to the innovative things that Muss is doing on the recruiting trail. He keeps things fresh. His, his NBA pedigree, his analytical viewpoint, it, it's all just so attractive to recruits. Uh, everything he's doing from a social media standpoint, it, it's brilliant, and it's put him in this spot. To speak on Chris Moore, honestly, if, if you would have asked me late last week, I would have, if I would have had to pick, I'd say Memphis. Um, just you know, so close. He's right across the river. Uh, seems like he's there all the time. He's been building that relationship for a long time. Uh, but I know that Arkansas really impressed him, and, and he's developed a great relationship with Muss. Given the situation that you mentioned with Memphis and, and the James Wiseman, Penny Hardaway thing, um, I think it's a coin flip. I think it's 50-50, and I think Arkansas has a great chance to get him. Uh, I believe Friday, maybe Saturday is that announcement date. We'll see. And, and you have to think, you know, now that we have two of the, the quote-unquote Fab Five here of the in-state class, uh, that's got to have him thinking. You know, the gears have to be turning a little bit. You know, maybe he doesn't want to be the guy that breaks that up. So we'll see. And I'm optimistic that our chances are better now than they were a few days ago with Chris Moore. Getting into the other two, you know, K.K. Robinson, another super talented top 100 combo guard. Uh, he openly voiced, you know, his desire to play with Moses Moody. I think he was the one that said, hey, it's a it's a 70, 75 percent chance that we'll both be Razorbacks. Well, his buddy is, has already committed, so I, I don't see why he wouldn't either. I think the, the Hogs are in a great position with KK. Uh, sounds like he's going to be deciding around Thanksgiving. It looks like the competition is, is Kansas, TCU. Uh, but right now I'd have to say that Arkansas is probably in the driver's seat with KK. Um, and then, then one of the biggest fish, in my opinion, you know, Jalen Williams, 6'10", out of Fort Smith Northside, uh, another highly rated four-star you got to love this guy. We talked about Vanover and his ability at his size to stretch the floor from three. Uh, Jalen Williams can do the same thing. He can score it inside. He's a great passer. He can protect the rim, uh, really does a lot of good things, would be a huge pickup. Uh, you know, he was in Auburn with Chris Moore on an official visit a couple weekends ago. Uh, then all of a sudden he, he shows up at the Rice game. Um, obviously, that was a good showing. Then he decides to take an official over the weekend. Sounds like that went well. And then shortly after Moses Moody commits, Jalen Williams cancels his upcoming visit to Texas A&M, and he says he's going to announce in the next couple weeks. You've got to think that that's a good thing for Arkansas. Sounds like it's down to the Hogs and Auburn. There's a real chance here that we could go five for five, and oh, man, that would be nice. Do you think the biggest thing with Muss, of course, Arkansas has that. We, we, we've heard for so long, and, and everybody has these, especially in the big, the big places, but the facilities are great uh, for basketball, baseball, football. But do you think that just the fact that Musk can sell all of his NBA experience and just just what he knows, the connections he has, do you think that that is that pretty much is key to the difference in terms of recruiting between he and Mike? I definitely do. I think that's a huge, huge plus for him. Uh, just having that experience, and you know, every kid that has touched a basketball has dreams of going and playing in the NBA and playing at the next level. And when you have a guy who is coached in the NBA, uh, you know, at all levels of professional basketball down to college, he knows the development. He knows what the scouts are looking for. He knows how to make guys draftable um, and, and to help them reach their potential. 
I think that's huge for him. And then if you also consider the staff that he's assembled, uh, that's full of guys who played in the NBA or have NBA experience or, or former Division One coaches, he's put together a great staff. He's got a great thing going on over there. Uh, can't say enough about the job that he's done so far. Awesome. Well, uh, unless you got anything else, man, that's pretty much what I had for today. I just wanted to uh, get your take. I know that you've definitely uh, been covering this team for a little bit, and especially since Must has come on, love to read your stuff on Twitter, and I really appreciate you coming on and sharing some of your thoughts with us. Hey, no, that's all I got. I tell you what, after we go five for five with the the Fab Five here, I'm going to have to hop back on with you. I, I appreciate you having me on. I enjoyed it. Love your show. Um, and, and we'll stay tuned and see what happens here in the future for the Arkansas Razorbacks. Absolutely. Love to have you back, especially as we get deeper and, and see exactly. I think we're going to have a fun team to watch. It's definitely going to be a lot of growing pains and there's going to be some losses that we're very frustrated, but I think that we're going to, we're never going to look at a game and, and wonder if we could have played harder. I, I definitely feel that with Muss. No doubt. We're headed in the right direction. Just sit back and enjoy the ride. Perfect, man. Well, uh, before we get off here, uh, go ahead and just kind of tell us what you do, uh, what what you do with the writing and the scouting, and then uh, go ahead and plug your social media so that way everybody can follow you that they don't already. Yeah, no doubt. Thank you. So, yeah, for Prep Hoops, um, I, I do serve as a, a contributing writer and a recruiting analyst for them. So um, we're kind of a, a mini rivals, if you will, in terms of rating the recruits, and, and we cover everyone from the top flight five-star prospects all the way down to the to the division two II, division three and, and junior college guys um so i i do that primarily in missouri and illinois but we're we're pretty much nationwide now so we're excited about that and then uh contributing writer for busting brackets that's a, a college hoop site um cover a lot of recruiting anything that's going on with arkansas razorbacks basketball that's me so uh, give me a follow. Give me a shout on Twitter at cwilk underscore hoops. Would love to have you as a follow. I follow back. Yeah, and make sure you definitely go follow him. He's got some great content. And, and again, Curtis, really appreciate you coming on, man. So look forward to having you again. Thanks a lot. Anytime. I appreciate it. All right, and that'll do it for another episode. For Curtis Wilkerson, my name is Kyle Sutherland. You've been listening to Tech Talk.